0: welcome to the nen valley vineyard podcast what you're about to listen to is some teaching from our sunday services we're a church made up of people from wellingborough through to and spread across the nen valley and beyond if you want to know more about us or find out how to get involved visit our website which is nenvalley.church or you can find us on facebook and instagram at nen valley vineyard I am sayings of Jesus and we've explained before but some weren't here uh, the other week so I'll just say that when Jesus said I am he was claiming to be God because if you remember when Moses went to the burning bush and he asked God his name God said that his name was I am so it's very significant that every time Jesus says the words I am he is claiming to be God Now, we've looked at the I am the light of the world, and that relates back to when God led Israel through the desert as a pillar of fire at night. We've looked at I am the bread of life, and we remember how the manna in the desert was given to the Israelites. And Jesus fulfills all that. So if you're somebody who doesn't like reading the Old Testament, you need to read it. Because Jesus is everywhere in the Old Testament. He fulfills everything that is spoken of there. And it all points to him. And so today our subject is, I am the good shepherd. So we're going to read from John chapter 10 and verses 11 to 16. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now, in the Old Testament, because I said how it relates back to the Old Testament, in Ezekiel chapter 34, God rebukes the shepherds of Israel and by that I don't mean the people that actually looked after physical literal sheep he's talking to their leaders they were the shepherds and he says this the word of the Lord came to me that's Ezekiel the prophet son of man prophesy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say to them this is what the sovereign Lord says "'Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. "'Should not shepherds take care of the flock? "'You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, "'and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. "'You have not strengthened the weak, or healed those who are ill, "'or bound up the injured. "'You've not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost.' You've ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. And then if you read that chapter, it goes on in this vein. But when we get down to Ezekiel 34 and verse 15, I think it is, he says, I myself, this is God speaking, I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down. Do you remember Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I make them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the, the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek will, and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. So God has declared that the leaders of Israel are not shepherding the flock. They're not looking after them. They're not caring for them. And then Jesus is the fulfillment of this because he says, I am the good shepherd. So here he is, God incarnate, God in the flesh, and he has come to shepherd the flock. And I believe as as Jesus is speaking here, we we read about how he healed the man that was born blind. And then as a result of this, there was an ongoing discussion with the Pharisees who were the keepers of the law and leaders in Israel. And they didn't like Jesus. And I think Jesus here, as he talks, is talking about the Pharisees. He says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and doesn't care for the sheep he doesn't own the sheep so when the when the animals the wild animals come he runs away and he leaves them and the, the Pharisees were the people that told the people the law and to be fair they only had the law but they used to make the law even harder to keep because they wanted the people not to sin so they took the law and they added bits to it so that the people had were struggling to keep the law. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because the Jews at this time, the ordinary people who didn't have the wealth and the education that the Pharisees had, were probably struggling to, to keep the law. And they, they didn't know how to find God, a lot of them, especially those that society didn't accept like the lepers who couldn't go anywhere near anybody, like the tax collectors who were hated because they worked for the Romans who were governing at that time, like the prostitutes. And where do we find Jesus? We find him eating with tax collectors, talking to women of the street and being amongst these people because he is the good shepherd. He's come to help them find God The Pharisees were just laying down the law on them. In fact, Jesus got quite angry with the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, he says, Woe to you, Pharisees and teachers of the law, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who are trying to enter come in. You see, he said you're making it hard for people. You're making it hard. You're just putting more laws on them, more burdens. And in fact, later on, when the church, early church started, and people, Gentiles, non-Jews, were getting saved and brought into the kingdom, some there were some Pharisees who were saved, and they thought, well, these Gentiles, they've got to keep the law. They've got to keep all the law. They can't just come in by grace alone. They've got and Peter. The apostle, he stood up at this meeting that they had, which we call the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15. And he said, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved, just as they they are. He's saying, don't make them keep all the law. It's by grace we're saved. So the Pharisees would look down on ordinary people. Jesus told the parable, didn't he, of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee stood before God and he said, I give tithes of all that I possess. I fast twice in the week. Thank goodness. Thank you, Lord. I'm not like this tax collector who's standing over here. And the tax collector knew he could never be as good as this Pharisee. He could never keep the law he was despised for being a tax collector and he hung his head and he said, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. And he went away more justified and saved for his attitude because God's not impressed with what we can do. But Jesus, as the good shepherd, welcomed people in, whoever they were, wherever they'd been, whatever they'd done they were welcome. And it's still true today. He is the good shepherd of the sheep. He gathers people. doesn't matter what we've been into. Jesus can give us a new start. Do you remember the woman caught in adultery in John 8? They brought her before Jesus and they said, we found this woman in the act of adultery. Now, the law says we should stone her. And they were quite right. The law did say that she should be stoned. Notice there was no man brought, but I'll let that one go. And Jesus said, Okay, then, you're right, she should be stoned. Right, Who, whoever, I'm paraphrasing, whoever among you has not committed any sin and was without sin, you can be the first to cast the stone. And then he just looked down and wrote on the floor, and there's been debates about what he wrote, but we won't go into that. And then when he looked up, There was just the woman standing there. They'd all left from the oldest to the youngest. And he said, there's no one condemn you. And she said, no one, sir. He said, neither do I condemn you. He didn't condemn her. We don't know why she'd ended up in this sort of life. Jesus didn't condemn her, but he said, go and sin no more. And I believe that when he said, go and sin no more, he wasn't saying You better do better. He was saying, I can give you the power to change. And that's what the good shepherd does. He welcomes in anybody and everybody who will come. You know, the kingdom of God, the sheepfold, if you like, is very big and there's room for anybody who would come. And so if you're thinking today, you've got to sort your life out before you can come to Jesus come as you are. We used to sing the old hymn, just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. If you're waiting to sort your life out, you never will. You just need to come to Jesus as you are and you can be forgiven. So it's a broad thing that anybody can come, but it's also narrow because Jesus, and we'll look at this in a later week, said, I am the way, the truth and the life. You can't come to God any other way than by the cross of Jesus when he died on the cross he paid for our sins and that's the only way we can come into the kingdom if we will accept what he has done for us on the cross so I read in verse 14 that the good shepherd knows his sheep and he says interestingly that he knows the sheep just like the father knows him And he knows the Father. Now, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have been together through all eternity. And they have this most intimate relationship. I think they know each other very, very well. And they love each other. And they're for each other. And they never speak a bad word about the other. And they promote each other. And Jesus loves us and knows us in that intimate way. And it thrills my heart to know that he knows everything about me and he still loves me. He knows you probably don't know things about me that you might be shocked. There's some of the things I think, some of the attitudes I get myself into when I get angry or anything like that. I can't hide it from Jesus. I could probably hide it from you, but I can't hide it from Jesus. But Jesus knows that. And he doesn't turn me away. I can be forgiven because he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And I read also in this passage that the good shepherd has other sheep. Now, primarily, he was speaking to the Jews. And what I believe he's primarily saying here is that I came to the Jews, and Jesus is a Jew, of course. But I didn't come just for the Jews. I came to make a way for everybody, Gentiles as well, to be saved. But I would also like to sort of say a bit more about this, really, add a bit more to it. The gospel is for anybody who will come. There are still more people, and I think we would all agree, God has more people to bring into the flock. You know, our neighbours, our family, our friends. There's room for them, and God wants them all to come. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, the Bible says. And so we can welcome other people in. There's plenty of seats left in this hall, and there's room for more. We've moved to this place to make room for more people, and if need be, we can move again. I don't know where to. That's up to Tom. But there's room for more. There's room for more people to come into the kingdom of God. There's room in the sheepfold. He hasn't closed the door and said, right, that's all the sheep I can cope with. Anybody can come. So he has other sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that was what a shepherd did in the in Israel Israel in the days of Jesus and before. Do you remember David, who was a a shepherd boy, and um, before he became king, and he spoke, what's the place now, he spoke to um, King Saul when he went, and he wanted to go and fight Goliath, and Saul said, you can't do that, you're only a child. But he said, well, um, David said in 1 Samuel 17, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear." And this uncircumcised Philistine, meaning Goliath, will be like one of them. Now, when you think of shepherds, I had this picture, came into my mind, of little Bo Peep. Can you imagine little Bo Peep with a frilly bonnet and a crook out on the hills looking after sheep? I don't think she'd have lasted five minutes. Because in those days, uh, they had lions, they had bears, they had wolves. And David, it might have been little, but he took them on. He risked his life for the sheep. That's what a shepherd would have to do in those days, have to rescue the sheep from all sorts of wild animals. And he would, would keep them and look after them. And so Jesus has done for us. He not only risked his life, he actually laid his life down on the cross. And he has defeated the lion, the The Bible describes the devil as a roaring lion who seeks who he may devour. But when Jesus died on that cross, he gave his life and he defeated sin, death, hell, sickness. He defeated it all and Satan himself is defeated because of Jesus' shed blood on the cross And Jesus didn't just die, he rose again from the dead. And he has the name that is above every name and he is king of kings and lord of lords. So the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And then he says that the sheep know his voice. And this is something that I think some of us, including me, can find difficult at times. We have this idea that we can't hear God. But Jesus says that isn't so. If you look back at the passage that Tom looked at last week, it says in John 10:4, When the shepherd has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, for they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Now let's let's just have a bit more education on shepherding in the Middle East. Now we've all seen, perhaps you haven't, perhaps you're not like me, I, I like to watch country File sometimes and they have these wonderful collie dogs don't they and they shout come by and away and or they blow a whistle and these dogs go round after the sheep and they round them up. Well Middle Eastern shepherds didn't do that they didn't have, attack them with dogs because i suppose the sheep are frightened of the dogs so that's why they go where they're sent middle eastern shepherds know all their sheep by name the sheep know their voice and they don't drive the sheep they lead them so when they heard the shepherd's voice they would follow him they wouldn't follow a stranger because they didn't know his voice but when they heard the shepherd they would follow him and if you look at further down in john chapter 10 Jesus says that my father gave them to me he gave well let's go a bit further if I go back to verse 25 Jesus answered I did tell you but you do not believe the works I do in my father's name testify about me but you do not believe because you are not my sheep my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me see they follow him they're not driven I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand and the father are one. So Jesus has his sheep. They know his voice and they can't be taken away from him. If you belong to Jesus, nobody can take you away from Jesus. I'm not saying you can't walk away, but that's your choice. You have have that choice. I don't recommend it. Never do that. But they can't be snatched out of his hand. He will keep you for all eternity if you trust in him, if you come to him. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. I learnt something about sheep, and that is that they are stupid. And that's encouraging. He calls us sheep, so it's a bit of an insult in a way if we are his sheep. But it's an encouragement at the same time, because sheep are stupid, and he says we can hear his voice. So that tells me that I don't have to be clever to hear God. And sometimes we think it's a big issue to hear God. Should I go there? Should I wear the blue socks or the red socks? I'm sure none of you ask for guidance on what socks to wear but sometimes I think we get tied up thinking I can't hear God but I don't think he's that bothered about the conversation sometimes that we want to have with him. He's got a bigger conversation for us so I remember once um, when we lived in Stanek years ago, I asked God whether we should move to Rorns. We live in Rorns now. And do you know what he said? He said, I don't mind. And and of course, I'm thinking, I've got to get this right. I've got to hear God. I just said, I don't mind. You do what you like. (laughs) And I think sometimes we get so tensed up about getting the right answer from God and we think we can't hear him. But, you know, he's more concerned about who we are than what we do. Obviously, I don't mean that we can sin, but we get so involved in, I've got to hear God about this, I've got to hear God about that. And he just says, just have this love relationship with me. Because if I have your heart, you have mine, it'll be okay. And if you choose the wrong job, I can bring it round, right? If you go and live in the wrong town, you know, I can bring you back again he works it all out. We don't have to get all het up about it. I'm not saying we shouldn't ask God for guidance, but don't let it become a thing that we're so tensed up about hearing the right thing that we forget it's about having a relationship with him, just loving him and letting him love us. So probably the last thing to say really is that Okay, Jesus is more interested in who we are than what we do, and he can guide us and bring us back around right. And Dallas Willard, whose books I read and talks I listen to, said this don't fuss over your failures. And I think that's wonderful advice. If you get it wrong, you can go back to Jesus, you can say sorry, it's fine. Gotta gotta to, got to grasp the fact that He loves us wherever we are. When we make mistakes, He still loves us. If it's a sinful mistake, we can say sorry, we can turn away from it, we can come back. But most of all, his love for us is so good and so great that we don't need to get all hung up. And another thing about sheep, I learned, is that they're better off together. Apparently, they have good peripheral vision. They can see what's around them. But they can't see very far ahead, a bit like me. That's why I need glasses. They can't put glasses on sheep. (laughs) But because they can't see very far ahead, they're better off staying together with the flock. Because they've got sheep either side of them and they can all go together. And sometimes if they run off on their own, they fall down a cliff or they fall down a hole. And the, the shepherd has to go and rescue them. And he always will. But I think that because we're sheep, Jesus wants us to stay in the flock. You hear people say sometimes, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I don't think it's like saying, well, I I play football, but I don't play with any team. How do you do it on your own? You can't do this on your own. Yes, Jesus is powerful. We have the Holy Spirit, but we need to be in a flock We need to go together so that we can love each other, encourage each other, teach each other, be accountable to each other. We need to stick together. It's dangerous to wander off on your own. Come back to the flock. We need each other. We need to stay together. The analogy is sheep. Sheep stay together in a flock. And that is what church is for. So he is the good shepherd. And I hope I've made it clear that everybody is welcome. Nobody would ever be turned away by God, by Jesus. And he gave his life for the sheep. So let may I just pray and then we'll finish. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you and we thank you that you are the good shepherd. Gave his life for the sheep. And you welcome every person into the flock who will come. Thank you that we don't have to sort our lives out before we come. Thank you that we can come and be forgiven. Thank you that you love us as we are, but you don't love us. You love us too much to leave us as we are. You help us to change. And that. thank you that you put us together in this flock so that we can be together and love one another and see others saved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening to this teaching from Nen Valley Vineyard. We pray it blesses you and produces good fruit in you. If we can connect to you or help you engage with our community, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us via our website, which is nenvalley.church.